What's up, Bossy Posse? This is Tisa. Before we get into this week's episode, I just wanted to come on and give you a heads up. So if you listened to our podcast last week, we talked about having to use a different technique to record because we are in the time of COVID and we have to social distance. So for this week's episode, we decided to tweak our technique a little bit to just elevate the production value. Well, let's just say Tisa tweaked a little too much and you can tell. So when I listened to the recording, I shared with Angela that it's ironic that this week's theme is being okay with not being okay. And I wasn't okay with the production value on my end. And there were part of there's a part of me that wanted to re-record the whole thing uh, because I wanted to try a different technique. And then I realized that's exactly what we were talking about in the podcast, recognizing that even if things are not perfect and they're not the way that you want them to be, there is still value there. And so for as much as I would have wanted to record the whole thing all over again, I realized that our conversation would not be the same because we are just two friends having a real conversation around these topics. We're not scripted. We're not writing anything out. And so it's not going to be the same. We're not going to be able to capture that same magic. And so Angela said to me, put it out there. That's what we talk about. We talk about being authentic, sharing our authentic selves. So I'm putting it out there. So I hope you enjoyed this week's episode of Boss, and we are working hard on this end to brilliantly own ourselves and our success. Hello, my beautiful bossy people. On this episode of Boss, we're going to be talking about it's okay to not be okay. Is that all right? No! (laughs) (laughs) Sometimes it's not all right, but it is what it is, and let's talk about it. Hi, I'm Angela Calloway. And I'm Tisa Smart Washington, and this is Boss. Brilliantly owning self and success. So we're two friends on a journey to own ourselves and our success in the most authentic way possible. We found ourselves constantly on the phone, texting, motivating one another with different topics and ideas and having discussions around how to have greater agency in our own lives. And we realize we're not the only ones. So we invite you to come along on this journey with us. This is Boss, brilliantly owning self and success. Hi, everybody. Welcome to Boss. Now, you know what we're talking about today. It's okay to not be okay. And we thought this topic was really relevant um, due to where we are in the world today. So we're in a COVID-19 world and we've had to modify and change our lives drastically. And you know what? I'm not okay with a lot of the changes. I mean, some of the changes we mentioned in the last podcast that There may come a time where we're like COVID-19 bless me in this way. But there there's also the part of that where we've had a lot of disappointments as a result. And so we started to kick the tires on. There are just times when it's not okay and that's okay. And we want to talk about that process a little bit today. So, so some examples of when things are not okay. So what if you had a trip planned and now you're no longer taking the trip? <laughs> what if you had, you know, a job lined up? I know a lot of friends are looking for jobs and companies aren't hiring, but the bills still have to be paid. Or if you were working and you lost your job and you've had to modify your lifestyle, that's not okay. Right. Or, you know, it's so many things that are okay. I had a ton of plans for fall. Like this was going to be a bang up fall for me. This co- fall 2020 for Angela was going to be stellar. I had about four different things in the lineup and all of those things have been canceled. Yep. I had a contract on a house that I'm trying to sell. And uh, let's just say if anybody out there is looking, contact me. <laughs> 
Okay, y'all, we laughing, but I want y'all to know. Tisa was Tisa was like, look, this is not okay. At all. <laughs> I am not okay. This is not okay. I was looking forward to this, to uh getting rid of this property and moving Absolutely. on from selling this house. And and Tisa had been working on this house for months and sending us all the renovation pictures. We were like, yay! And then it was like, oh right, finally. <laughs> finally. But it's and okay. If, that's what I'm trying to tell myself. It's okay, right? So that's the first thing. Give yourself permission. Like, I feel like sometimes I have to give myself permission to feel everything that I'm feel and feeling. And living an authentic life really is being authentic with yourself first. How do I really feel about this? And giving myself permission to be However I am to be in whatever way that I'm being in that moment is critical. And for me, that is an area of uh, work where much work has been done and much work is still needed to be done. And I, and, and for me, it is because I've, I've always strived to do the right thing. So when Mm. people wrong you, the right thing for you to do is be the bigger person and move on. Don't take it personally. But is that owning your feelings, owning where you are, living an authentic life? Or is that just learning to brush things away or under the rug and not really deal with them so that you can truly move on from them? So this whole idea of being okay with not being okay is really kind of new for me. Okay. Yeah. That's really good. That's really good. And and you're going to hear us guys talk really slow today because while we're talking about this, I want you to understand that we are living this. Like this is not something that's not personal. This is something that we're experiencing personally and Right now in the moment, turning it into a moment of growth for ourselves in our friendship, in our lives. We are pushing each other to grow in this area. So if you hear us talking slow, it's because it really is how we are right now processing through. And and, 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 even, and even to that, I'm sorry, Angela, I don't mean to cut no, you off. No, go ahead. Go, but, go, go. But, but even to that, I think that, you know, that's really what this podcast is about. You know, all of the ideas that we have for topics, they come from things that are actually happening in our lives. So when we talk about living an authentic life, it's not a tagline. Not a tagline. Like this is a real journey that we're on. And hopefully, you know, folks that are listening, they're either on that journey themselves or they're ready to start that journey. Right. Yeah. How do I brilliantly own myself in a moment when I'm not okay? Right. That's the question. And, and I, but I want to go back to something you said, because when you said you talked about that, you want to be right. And I want to, I want to name that that's a defense mechanism. We have a variety of defense mechanisms that we use to help ourselves cope. So what you highlighted just then was you want to be right. My defense mechanism is I have to be strong. You cannot see me cry. Ooh. Y'all listen, she would be broken into, shattered into a million pieces. You will not see old girl cry. (laughs) You will see rage and everything else, but tears. Oh God, no. You know, so me, for me is to stop pretending that I'm not shattered, that I'm not broken, that I'm not hurt. Um, that I don't feel diminished or mm-hmm. small in some way. All of that is a part of my defense mechanism. I am a, a African-American woman and fragile. Oh, God, no. Yeah. <laughs> that's not something that's acceptable. It's, it's, it's not acceptable to, to really fall apart. It's, it's a cultural thing. But we all have a variety of defense mechanisms that we lean on in moments where we're not okay. 
I, I think for, for me, one of mine is not wanting to make other people feel uncomfortable. Oh, that's powerful. But in the process, it really creates this narrative that it does not bother me. And you, and you know, sometimes people can say some really mean things to you. And do some really mean things. You know, and other people will excuse it away and say that you are wrong for not being okay or not being able to do the stiff upper lip thing and yeah. just power through it. And yeah. where did we learn that from? Where did we learn that from? Our examples. Is it that we learned it from our examples or is it that because, okay, like when I think about my mom, mm-hmm. she's my mom. She has been the ever-present person in my life. Mm-hmm. But my experience of my mom is not her whole experience. It's just what I have been able to see from my my vantage point, especially as a child. So maybe she did have those moments where she broke down and she cried to her friends, but I never had view of that. And so did I create this narrative or was it her being strong so now you can't see that part of me or is it a combination of the two? Uh, For me, it would be a combination of the two. My mom actually teaches that. Like when, Mm -hmm. as I grew up, if you were falling apart, my mom would be like, child, those tears don't serve you. Figure out what to do. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you crying and laying in the floor and acting a fool, that does not serve you. That does not help you. That does not fix your situation. And it's a waste of good time. But you know what? You know, I used to do that with my kids. Oh, no, I feel terrible. Let me own that. I'm not okay with that. <laughs> like, like, when, like, like when they were little, if they would just start crying, I would just say, are you done? And then they would stop crying, which was like really weird to me. But it, you know, was it not giving them space to express themselves emotionally? Was I inadvertently teaching them that crying does not serve you? Well, I think that I don't think you did them a disservice. I think you allowed them to cry. And then you, when you got to a point, you may have said, Hey, that's enough. Mm-hmm. But, but, but like for my house, it was stop it and stop it now. Mm-hmm. <laughs> we don't have time to deal with that. You have to get on. And I, I live my life by that. It's not okay to, if you're not okay, it's not okay to wallow in not being okay. Mm-hmm. So for me, I do live in the space of give yourself permission to say, you know what, right now, today, I'm not okay. And it's okay that I'm not okay. It's okay that I'm not handling it well. You know, I shared on my YouTube that I went to work in February and my job came and said, we decided that your entire division now has a new job and this is what you're going to be doing. Mm -hmm. And I am not okay with it. I'm not handling it well. Um, as gracefully as I want to. And then I finally said about a month ago, you know what? I'm not okay. I don't care that I'm not okay. I'm not going to pretend anymore like it's okay and get on these calls and say, hi, I'm Angela and everything's great. And it's not what I really feel like. I'm on the call now like, "Uh uh-huh. So what is it that you want me to do? (laughs) (laughs) I'm not going to pretend, you know, I'm not going to deliberately do anything to cause myself to be fired, but I'm certainly not going to continue because my defense mechanism is I can't let them see that this has really gotten to me. No, this is not okay. I'm okay that it's not okay. And I, I finally called my boss and said, hey, I'm not okay. Now I'm going to deal with it because I need my job. I need, I need to pay my bills. But I'm not okay with this. I'm not okay with the way it was handled. And I'm not okay. I'll get okay and I'll do what I need to do to get okay, but I'm not okay in this moment. Okay, well, let me ask you this. Like, really, how do you find that balance? Because the reality of life is that we all deal with whatever things that we're dealing with, but then you have to put your big girl panties on 
come on and get to work or find something else to do so so how do you find that that balance meditation prayer and really prayer then meditation the combination of the two you know let me i'll share this with you so um you know, I had a I had a, an appointment yesterday, and one mm-hmm. of one of the things that came out of the appointment was that um, when you have situations that kind of get, lead you to a space where you are not okay, what are you, what are what are we supposed to be learning from that? Mm-hmm. So even you know applying that to your situation, so you're in a job that has changed, you're not okay with it. What is this situation supposed to teach you? Do you think? There are so many lessons wrapped in that. <laughs> Unpacking that is extra. <laughs> Child, we gonna need a big old suitcase and two beds <laughs> for all the clothes I'm gonna whip out of there. Uh, honestly, for me, for that particular example, I had to unpack how the job made me feel. Number one, the job that I have, I like. I like what I do. I like what uh, what the job represents. I like the status of the job. I like it. This new job has none of that. All of the things that attracted me to my current role is gone in this new role. And I mean, even the title is bland. It's like, really? I had such a cute little title and now y'all really like the hope. <laughs> they really. So then I had to deal with, ooh, Angela, are you really wrapped up in the job title? Like, when mm-hmm. did you get there? Like, are you that person? Because I was never that person. I didn't care about the title. I cared about the money. <laughs> and when did I turn to... Oh my God, I, you know, the, the title means something to me. So then I had to stop and say, I had to unpack why did that mean something to me? Um, and then what the actual role is, I'm not crazy about what the function of the job is, what the role of the job is. And I had to ask myself, why don't, why, what is it about this role that you don't like? What is it that you think you're losing because you're moving into this role? Because it felt like, it feels like loss to me. And why does it feel like a step back? Is it lost? Is, it, is there, there has to be something that you're gaining. If it's anything different than what you've done, then there is benefit in your experience. It's not gaining. The reason they, they wanted me to do the role is because of previous in my previous role, I did that job excellently, a form of that job. So they felt like, oh, she'll be great to do this new job but it doesn't give me an increased skill set at all you're relying on a previous skill set that you want to take advantage of so for me it feels like a step back Mm -hmm. but then one of the things I always try to do in my life is I do seek the lesson I do stop to say what is this experience teaching me and what is it teaching you what is it teaching me? What is this? What, where do I need to grow? So obviously I need to grow in the area of <laughs> looking to a job for validation. Cause that's really what I'm saying when I say I like the status of the role. Um, so I had, I had to get into, okay, so where, where are my areas of growth here? Here's the area of growth. Where's the benefit of this new role. And when I itemize the benefit, it actually benefits my life for me to move into. I can clearly see how if I want to say this is a God thing and God is orchestrating my life, I can clearly see how God is using this role to benefit my life. Mm-hmm. I can see it clearly. So then it becomes, it's your ego that's in the way. And is so that, now, go ahead. And is that the part of us that is, not okay with things that is not okay with things not being okay so you know because we're really talking about being okay with not being okay but we have to 
admit that a lot of times we're not okay with not being okay. And why is that? Is that the ego part of us? I think sometimes it can be, but I don't think it's always ego. I think mm-hmm. sometimes when things are not okay, it really is a situation that's broken. You know, I'm married and there are times when things are not okay. Right. There have been times when it's not okay and it's not ego. Stuff really is not okay. No, but the, <laughs> but the question is, because I think like when I say being okay with not being okay, it is owning that disappointment or owning that um and whatever you're feeling owning those feelings at that time mm-hmm. it is just when you're in a space where you're not okay and you won't admit it or accept it or oh, deal yes. with it or you run from it yes i think that's ego because that's yeah. your defensive mechanism that's your covering that's your protection that's the brave face yep that is ego Oh, it's hard to be vulnerable. It is. And imperfect. Especially and fragile. Especially to people or in front of people that you're not used to them seeing that side of you. Absolutely. Because we work so hard to be together. Yes. <laughs> we work so hard to look polished. We work so hard to be put together. And we live in 2020. So with yes. the, all the production equipment that is out there now, all the filters and the apps that Come can on. make you, I mean, even on Zoom now, you can change the background. I so. saw that. I was like, oh my God, you could be on the beach. Nobody has to even know what your house looks like. And people look. Yes. My son had to do a project for school and I took a picture in front of like a shelving thing and cabinets and one of the parents said I just want to tell you I really like your cabinets send me a text yes they do and I'm like who's looking at the cabinets yes so you so you can create whatever illusion or you know scene that you want other people to see yes and it's easier to do than it's ever been before Yes. But when it comes to living your authentic life, we know that, you know, you you cannot manufacture it. You can't create it. It is what it is, ultimately. And you cannot deal with what you don't accept. That's good. You, You really can't get past it until you accept that you are there. You know? But, but the process to accepting that that's where you are that you're not okay the process the process now that the, the y'all know I don't like process <laughs> it can no. take me weeks to process it could takes me it could take me weeks of sorting through my anger to saying okay angela you're angry but this is i display all emotions as anger first until i start to unpack it I get angry first. Anger is my first defense mechanism. And I have to first admit that this is not really anger. This is something else. Why are you angry? Right. Okay, I'm hurt. Okay, I'm disappointed. Okay, I have to I have to come out of angry anger. The expression of it is anger. I express through anger and then I have to get into why are you, ex- what is anger really telling you? You're angry. You're having a reaction. What does this reaction really mean? I'm hurt. I'm disappointed. I'm frustrated. I feel lost. Like whatever that emotion is, I then have to say, where am I? What is this? But it can take me a week or two to stop being pissed about it. <laughs> <laughs> What's happening in the meantime, ma'am? What's happening in the meantime? And I hated to use that word, but that's how it feels. You know, sometimes when you're really angry, it really feels like it's like I feel that way. I really I really have to get there. I really have to stop and say, okay, what is this? What does this really mean? It could take me weeks to get there. It could take it's taken for some situations a year. Mm. Like in, re- in the area of relationships. Yeah. 
Yeah. I, I've almost gotten, um, you know, technical about it. So when that rears up in me, I literally have to step back and say, okay, T, what is this? Where is this coming from? Like, even in the moment. Boo, mm-hmm. you're mad. Why are you mad? Okay, let me process. And and, yeah. and the way I process in my mind, you know, we all have these um, these uh, views or these narratives in our mind. The way that I process is, remember uh, Martin Shanene? When she was, yes. when, she, <laughs> when, she, <laughs> when she would think about, when she would say, uh, let me think about it. And then she would have this whole internal conversation with herself. Like this yes. visible conversation. That's that's my processing. That's me processing in my mind. I have to have that Shanae moment. Like, oh, okay. Like, what is the... Okay, hold on one second. Let me see. You know. <laughs> <laughs> that's funny. I can see it too. Wait a minute. What is this? Yeah, and then, oh, okay. Mm. Mm. What is... Uh, mm, okay. And then I come back to myself and say, okay. I'm going to let you be mad for the rest of the night, but in the morning, ma'am. Oh, gosh, no. Yes. I, oh, no. I I could do that for something that is a little bit simple, but if it's deep, oh, my God. And see, here's the problem with you when you process over things too long. You can get set in it. Yes. You can get set in that thing. Like, I've gotten angry with friends with legitimate hurt, and I can't deal with you right now. I'm angry. And never really dealing with what it was. And it has damaged the friendship forever. Mm. Like the friendship never recovered. Because by the time I finished processing, it was like, child, we used to be friends. (laughs) 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 Uh, We used to be friends. (laughs) Not not I once had a friend who... Right. And it, and it's so serious with me, the, the length of time it could take me to process through my issues. So I hope that what you all are getting is figure out your process and learn how to get through it. Quickly. No. Quickly. No, take all the time that you need. Honestly. Yes. Yeah. Yes. But understand how you operate. Is my husband gets that about me. And I think he probably named it before I did. Like I would get angry in the marriage and he, you know, it's something that happened in our marriage and he would be like, you know, we got to talk about it. And I said, I don't want to talk about it. He was like, Angela, you will cut off your whole process to things. You'll be working through your things, slow, mad, angry, mad today, quiet tomorrow. And when you finish through all your processes, we'll be divorced. Mm-hmm. So let's sit and deal mm-hmm. right now. Do you what you need? You need a wine. What you need? You need a, you need some chips. What you need to be because we're gonna have this conversation. Um, and he probably was the first one to help me realize that, especially when it comes to the area of relationship, that I tend to get angry, stay angry, take too long to process, and then what I finally do, child, that ship sailed yesterday. Or, but then the question <laughs> is: Is it too long, or is it? You have your legitimate amount of time that you need to process. And if in the process, the other person decides that they can't wait, is that necessarily wrong? They've moved on, you know, because we all need what we need. I agree. But I think if your process creates more loss than growth, then you need to reevaluate is your process and the way you process through not being okay, is that really healthy? Or is that law? Do you have, go ahead. No, go ahead. Is that really a good, is your process, Does you do you need to refine your process? Or is that loss part of growth? Because if you lose enough, then you'll learn from it. Only if you recognize it as true loss, because sometimes you can feel vindicated in it. You can feel like, I feel justified in, Da, 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 da. And it is not until years later that you realize, oh my God, I was a fool. <laughs> I was stupid. <laughs> oh my God, I was, I was dumb. Oh, I had yeah. a great, I was in a great relationship and I got angry with the guy and or the girl. And I in my anger, I was angry for a long time. And then by the time I realized that this relationship was done and over with, and I I lost a really great person. It, it but if you feel like if you stay in the place of, well, they shouldn't have did, then you never learned the lesson. Yeah. Yeah, that's true. 
or the job shouldn't have, that manager shouldn't have, or this or leadership should never have made this decision. Well, the truth is, this is their company. Right. And if you don't want to do what they've assigned you to do, go get something else. Absolutely. Or, you know, if you find yourself repeating the same process, the same phrases, then at some point you got to look at yourself. You have to look at the common denominator. If this is happening wherever you're going, it ain't them, it's you. That's right. Yeah. So, yeah, but I guess it's growth, it's growth in it all. I, I would say for me, I, I learned to be okay, to not be okay. What is it? I learned to kind of push past it because I was always the new girl. Like I went to a different school every year. I lived in, mm. I lived in two countries and two states before I turned 14. Oh, wow. You know, so I was always making new friends. And so I learned just to go along to get along because, you know, you don't want to make people angry and then they won't want to be your friend anymore. And then you don't have any friends. And especially because, you know, I grew up an only child as well. So, you know, I really didn't have those, you fight with your siblings and then the next day you're like back to being ride or die, you know? Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And so like, as an adult, I had to work through that, that I should be able to express to you, especially if we are friends, that you did hurt my feelings or that what you said wasn't healthy or helpful or, you know, and maybe I hurt your feelings as well, but let's have an adult conversation about it and work through it. And not just me act like it didn't bother me when it did. But you know, but isn't that the sign of grown up? I think that's the sign of being grown when you can say, "Hey, I'm not okay," and handle is how you handle not being okay. Oh, that's good. Do you good. handle good. not being okay like an adolescent, or do you handle not being okay like a grown up? Right. Because if you're tearing up everything in your in your in your path because you're disappointed or angry. come on then who wants to be around that and then you turn around and blame the uh, you know you're like well you hurt my feelings and now you don't want to be my friend no i hurt your feelings and you tell up the whole the whole house so no you can't no you can't go to my house anymore Right. And think about that from a COVID-19 perspective. If everybody is experiencing a level of change and disappointment some kind of way, you're not the only one hurting. You're not the only one disappointed. You're not the only one experiencing change in good and in ways that are disappointing or hurtful or or challenging. My grocery bill right now is challenging. Yes. I'm disappointed in how much money I'm spending in groceries, right? I mean, I'm making a joke, but we're all dealing with something that is as a result of this. But are you handling it in a grown-up way? In a great way? Are you bossing up in how you handle not being okay? Or, or are you not being okay and you just wallowing all in it, tearing up your life? That's good. That's good. Or are you using it as an opportunity to communicate better more authentically to flow better yes more authentically to flow better for me right now it is about flowing mm-hmm. i am i am all about how do i flow better how do i flow better how do i flow and stop fighting against the things that are uncomfortable How do I flow better? Are you? It's, what are you doing with not being okay? It's okay that you're not okay. Now what? Yes. How are you handling it? Yes. What do you do now? And getting there is all within that process we were talking about. And it's not easy because it does take a certain level of vulnerability, especially if you're not okay because of something that, that you feel someone else has done to you. That's so good. Don't minimize it. It happened. It's not trivial. It's real. You know, I had a uh, I had a friend one time 
long time ago when I first got married. And I got married, you know, I was young. And at the time she was dating this guy. And she called me and she said, tell me where your husband got your ring from because my boyfriend wants to buy me um, something just for now. <laughs> oh my God, did she really? She did. She did. <laughs> I know you could probably see my face for real. Like you can imagine my face because I meant that. Oh my God, did she really? And I was like, what the hell is that supposed to be? And at the time, I did what I did at that time. I just acted like it didn't bother me. But it was a dig. It was a huge yeah. dig. And just the, the fact that you felt comfortable eating up. Like, it wasn't like we were talking. She called me specifically to ask me where he got my ring from, you know. And that thing hurt me deep. And it could have been, honestly, it could have been a poor choice of words. It could have been that is not what she meant but we never had a conversation about it so we, oh that's what she meant <laughs> but it, <laughs> i can't I'm, so, I'm mad for you like i'm like let's let's go beat her up <laughs> i'm not gonna handle that in a great way that's a thing because here's the thing the wedding ring is the symbol of your marriage mm. like it's so important and it's super like the, the ring is the thing mm -hmm. yes like it's and we as women understand that how personal our rings are for us like your wig is personal yes like it's a personal thing and the thing about it is that you know we were young it wasn't too carry you know clear great cut type of ring you know but it was um but I liked it honestly you know and it was just I mean that dig oh, cause, cause, yeah she still needs to talk to she needs to be told about that 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 was wrong clearly, even now years later clearly uh 20 something years later I'm still like uh you know no but um but at the time, I just pushed past it and acted like it didn't yeah. bother me. And even when I had discussions with my other friends, then they went into the, well, she didn't really mean it like that. Oh, I don't think that she meant it. And, you, I mean, it's all good intentions, but it doesn't create a space where you really own what you are feeling at the time. Where you just yeah. push it away and act like it doesn't hurt your feelings when it really did hurt my feelings. Oh, that's so good because what you really spoke to just then was that your friends also encouraged you or they minimized your experience. Mm -hmm. They didn't say, oh, that was offensive and you need to talk to her about that. <laughs> that wasn't right. They mm -hmm. also helped to minimize and say, it's not that big a deal. You making it too, you make it too much, much ado over nothing. Mm -hmm. And I think, you know, now when we look back, of course, we're older, we're more mature, you know, we we look at it differently, but definitely then it was because she's a really nice person. So then it was, well, that person wouldn't A, B, C, and D. And even in that, honestly, in that space, it wasn't even a conversation that I should have had with them. It was a conversation that I should have had with her. Because when yes. we're talking about being mature and owning your space, you know, Talking to folks, you I guess you can get input, but really talking to other people should not be the substitute for actually addressing it with the person. I agree, but sometimes you 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 want to make sure you're not crazy. Cause I remember calling you about two weeks ago over an email at work and I said, This email feels funny. I feel like the girl is being snarky. And she, I said, am I misreading this? Yeah. Like, I think there are times in life when things come up and you need a second set of eyes, ears on the situation just to say, hey, is this, is this in my imagination? Mm -hmm. What did I say? No. 
<laughs> he was like, no, nah, it's not your imagination. That girl was being snarky. I said, okay, I just want to make sure. So I know, because I need to know how to handle it in a great way, because I will see her. And I need to know how, how I'm going to make sure that I, not that I'm going to say anything to her at all, you know, about what she did in the email, but just, you know, it, you need to manage how I need to manage how I interact with you. But, that, but that's part of owning it, you know, owning mm-hmm. real looking at it for what it truly is. Cause you know what, you that's know, right. as we think, as we're talking through it, because you really can't own something that you don't yes, acknowledge, acknowledge for what it really is not what you are adding to it or, you know, minimizing it, you know, from it, you know, whether you're looking at it, whether you're adding extra insult to it, because that's part of your coping mechanism. I'm going to get even more angry about it. Or you're not giving it the full weight that it deserves. Either end of that spectrum, you still have to authentic, you have to own it for what it truly is and that's good because then you honor you honor you in that you honor yourself your life and your experiences in this life when you do yes and you should be working closer to um where you recognize that you don't control those outside experiences yes and and take ownership of the part of the process that you do control and and that's so good because because th- th- look, <laughs> see, I'm having a I'm having a moment, I'm having a moment. I'm cooking in the kitchen. When you disregard yourself, you teach people to do the same, and then you'll go through life feeling like you're always disregarded because you are that you're uh, you're always minimized. But it's really yes. you who's minimizing yourself minimizing your experience not giving voice to what's happening with you you're doing it and you're teaching other people to do it to you because at the end of the day we're not in each other's head you know so and we all bring our own personal experience to the table so when you say something that offends me even if that was not your intention if i don't communicate to you that that offends me or I don't own why that offends me. I don't take stock. I don't do the shenanay and start to say, okay, wait, what is this? Uh-huh. You know, you don't do that whole process to really get to the root of why it is offending you. Then, then, then it's harder to, to get to the other side of it. That's so good. That's so good. That's good, y'all. I hope that's good. Ooh, that's good. I'm having my, you know, y'all know I start having moments on these podcasts. <laughs> I start having moments. I'd be ready to go shout and run. I'm about, I'm about to go wake up the kids. <laughs> <laughs> I am, you know, I have really, wa- I have really raised my children to uh, speak their voice and have a voice, but we're at a point now where they express aggressively their voices. Sometimes I'm like, Hey, you have to, you can't talk to mommy like that. That's unacceptable. And today I saw my son struggle with, You've told me to have a voice, but then you punish me when I have it. Mm-hmm. And it's about how you exercise, how you use that voice, how you express that voice. Actually, I, that's that's good because I was just having a conversation today with my girlfriend. And, um, you know, the whole idea of boss really came out of this um this this idea to to empower young girls to own their um the leadership qualities that they possess yes and just i've seen how little girls especially and little girls of color especially are oftentimes punished for advocating for themselves for displaying mm-hmm. those leadership qualities. And then it gets so pressed out of them that by the time they become adults, they don't know how to do that. They either do it in a very aggressive, angry way, you know, where, mm-hmm. you know, we have to, you know, we, we process the way that we process. It could be unhealthy and destructive sometimes, or, 
we don't say anything. We sit in a corner and we never speak up and we never, um, you know, we never take ownership of our lives, you know? And, and yeah. so, you know, even with my own daughter, she has been herself <laughs> since the day she was born. <laughs> but yes. over the years, she has had, um, not, not a lot. She had this one teacher in the fifth grade and I had to explain to the teacher, I teach her to advocate for herself because when she gets home, the first thing I'm gonna ask her is what did you do to fix this, this issue? What did you do? Mm -hmm. And, um, and, and, and so it's that balance between giving them the space to communicate their feelings to speak about what they're going through uh, and, and 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 tempering that with you can't just worry while because we still live in this society <laughs> come on balance. yes yes balance yes it, it it's a it's an exercise but but I'm, but it is one that i am excited to see more parents um part uh, go through because you know you know growing up i don't know about you but you know growing up there was always this notion of kids should be seen and not heard yes and you need to know your place as a child you know and and honestly to some extent i still feel that in some situations but i also feel like my kids have always had a place to express how they feel now, just because you told me how you feel that doesn't mean that we're going to do what you want us to do you know, do yeah. different things, but you should always feel free to express yourself. Now, sometimes respectfully, yes. now respectfully. Now, sometimes they share some stuff, and I'd be like, "Lord, why? They, why are they telling me?" Uh, uh, okay, <laughs> don't minimize your feelings. <laughs> Process. <laughs> you know, but it, it's it's a it's a balance. It is a balance. That's you know, you, you, know and when we, you know, just kind of circling back to the being okay with not being okay. The question is, why is the expectation that we are always okay? Like, I've, I've also had that conversation with my son. Oh, that's good. Because if, one, if the expectation is always that everything should be okay, then we have a balance. You know? That's right. And then, two... If my expectation is always that everything should be okay, which that is not the reality, how do I become resilient enough to deal with the situations when I'm not okay? Ooh, that's so good. That's so good. That's good. I struggle with that in parenting because it's as a part, another part of, of, of the, um, the stereotype of the good mother is the one that has her kids in control all the time. Mm -hmm. And I've raised these free-spirited, mouthy thinkers, and they are wild <laughs> and mouthy, and they like their mama and daddy, <laughs> right? And so there are times when things happen, when, when through the course of life, things happen. And I feel, you can, I feel like I can see the look in the other parent's eyes. And sometimes I'll get, you know, somebody will be like, oh, my God, I love the way your kids, you know, articulate. And it's like, oh, thank you. But then there are other times I can see this. She's just going <laughs> to she gonna let them little boys, you know, jump off the rock. You know, what? you know, I can see that happening and being OK with my experience as a mother is sometimes for me a little bit it can be challenging mm -hmm. being okay with that and and being okay with it not looking like i got my kids together and they're in control but the crazy thing is that no one has their kids together like like i would always tell my husband if i tell my kids to sit down ultimately it's their choice Come now, on. I I understand that they don't want the consequences of now. That I, I tell you the story. I used to watch Oprah all the time when she was, you know, when she had her mm -hmm. traditional show. 
and she yes. did this show. It was um, this lady. She had a lot of kids. I want to say she had like seven or eight kids, and they were talking about thanking on the show. And this was this was a white woman. And I say that uh, you know, I have to preface that because you know a lot of times um, they are the ones that it seems like they're more lenient with their children. But she yeah. said, I think she had seven kids, and she said she got up. This is when they used to do the audience get up and and talk. You remember, like that was a long yes, time ago. Yes. And yes. she said, I have seven kids. And so if I tell you to sit down and you don't sit down, I will make it so that you can't sit down. <laughs> and I said, That's right. And I, said, I said, Where did this lady come from? You know, I mean, that she said, I will make it so that you cannot sit down. But ultimately, even when they're younger, it is their choice to obey. Now, if they choose not to, they don't want to deal with the consequences of, consequences of disobeying, but ultimately, it is their choice. And so when you have these super big parents and their kids do no wrong, is it that they do no wrong or you just don't have view of that? Or they may not have view of that. Right, because we know they do yeah. it wrong. <laughs> My son the other day was doing something and I said, what? I said, what are you trying to do? I said, stop hiding. He said, I just don't want to hear you say no. I said, I don't say no all the time. Sometimes I say yes to help you do it better than what you was doing. He said, you know what, mama, that's true. <laughs> <laughs> so they do, you know, they, especially as they get older and they want oh, their yeah. way, they start trying to figure out how to have yeah. their way. Yep. But, but even in those moments, when they are not being the children that we expect them to be, they're learning moments as well. You know, because because That's then right. they learn the bit the consequences that actions have consequences. You know, and then you better teach them and prepare them for when they go out into the real world because the real world is not controlled. The real world won't always, you know, be in this nice tidy bow. And give them validation at every turn, and you know, and it won't always be. And okay. they have to deal and, with and it. They have to learn how. They have to learn that it's not okay. It's okay that it's not okay. A lot of us have different areas in our lives that's not okay, despite what Facebook, Instagram, and and TikTok, and all yes. these other outlets look like. Despite what it looks like, people have areas in their lives that's not okay. And that honor yourself, honor your life, honor your experience by expressing what's not okay in a great and way. working on it. Like once you accept it, because the only way for you to work on it is to accept it. You know, you, you know um, the other day we were talking and we were kind of talking about capacity, that you only have so much energy. Energy is yes. not infinite, you know? It's not. And so if I spend all of my energy trying to pretend like things are okay when they are not, then I have no energy left to really make those things okay. Boom. <laughs> that was it. <laughs> <laughs> all right, y'all. We said a lot on yes. this episode. And I'm all. okay with it. I mean, we talked about... Come on, we talked about a lot of issues. Find yourself in there and know that it is okay in this season to not be okay. And how are you going to deal with it? This is Boss.